What ho, chaps and chapesses, it's time for the Bruce.com podcast. What do you do? Where do you go? What do you say? And how do you know? I'll say, who cares when people stare? I will make myself invisible. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. interview that several of you requested actually since we first introduced Rachel Griffin to you. Just heard her singing a cover of the song Invisible which many of you will be familiar with. So if we jump straight into it if I press this button here and get Rachel on the line. How's it going Rach? Hi Sai, it's great to be here. I guess if we start at the very beginning which is a very good place to start so I'm told. As a child, my mother always had great records playing. Uh, For example, Tracy Chapman, Van Morrison, Carol King, these legendary songwriters. And she also played a lot of musicals, and we'd dance around the house and sing at the top of our lungs. And we also, fortunately, very thankful, we had a piano. And I just fooled around on the piano all the time, just banging keys and... I did a lot of musical theater as a child because my mom noticed that my passion was definitely singing. So she put me in musicals, and I begged to try out for more musicals. And 
then in high school, I started, um, well, actually, I started writing music in my head when I was very young. From the time I can remember, I had kind of a soundtrack in my mind, and I thought everybody did, actually, which is funny. But then in high school, I was doing musicals, and I also started writing more and more, and I realized that the singer-songwriter thing was was my deepest passion, and that the writing experience just really helped me a lot, and it was kind of natural for me, and just pretty magical to write music, so that's what I realized I loved the most, so I wanted to pursue that. I actually put piano with my songwriting for the first time when I was nine, and wrote my first song with piano and vocal, so that's my journey. So when did you start singing? When, when did you... Forgive me, because I can't equate high school and so forth with ages, because I don't do American schools. What, what, what age did you start singing, and what age did you start writing songs? Well, I I started singing just probably as a baby. I was like, da, da, coo, coo. <laughs> um, I've always loved singing, always sang. And I remember when I was little, probably five years old, just singing about the birds in my yard or the trees, making up music. But putting the piano with my own song, I remember was fourth or fifth grade. Somebody upset me at school and I went to the piano and just started improvising and singing something about having hurt feelings for the friend. And it was just sort of the way I processed that problem. So it's, it's been the way I navigate the world That's since then. I've always written songs. Yeah. Do you know who you remind me of when you say that? Do you who? know? Mike Tyson. That's who you remind me of, Rachel, is Mike Tyson. Really? Yeah, because he That's had trouble. That's the last person I would have guessed. <laughs> and I mean, you're the first person to compare you with Mike Tyson. You don't look anything like him. But, you know, <laughs> I read his book and he said the same. He said he had problems at school and he channeled that into... Obviously, you don't like... Oh, that's awesome. You don't punch people's heads in and the rest of it, but he put stuff into what he was focused in. And I guess you did the same, but in a more melodic exactly, way. Exactly, yeah. I still do it, and I, I I, would write... If I was, if I didn't even share the songs, I would write. So that's an interesting... That's probably why I'm so prolific, because I I have to write, in a way. Yeah, I recall seeing you've got a, like a... A whole flat with with songs pinned up on the wall. When you say prolific, oh, you, yeah. you, are, you are forever writing songs, aren't you? You've got something in your head all the time that you write. And sometimes I have a few going at a time, and it makes me feel crazy because I have all I hear. I'm telling my brain, "Hey, I don't want to hear another song right now." Sometimes I go to sleep and I hear a song, and I say, are you kidding me, Brain? I just want to sleep. Please don't play me music right now. And then I'll get out my iPhone and I'll sing into it. And I'll be like, are you happy now? I, <laughs> I recorded it. I'll let him go to sleep. Um, it's fun. It's a, it's a great way to be. You're writing more than one song at once. Like, yeah, sometimes. And so many songs just fall away. I, when I teach songwriting, I, I tell people, you have to write a lot of crap. You have to just be willing to write bad music, and then I'd say one out of 15 songs I keep as, I'm really proud of this, there's something special about it, I'll play it for people and get feedback, and 
usually I know, I know if something's working, but you have to, you have to just write, you have to sit down and sometimes you sit down for two hours at the piano and you come up with nothing and sometimes I've, I feel like there's some energy in me that needs to be released and I'll sit down and, and there's something there, but it's kind of unpredictable sometimes. So could you put a number on it then? How many songs you've written all together? If you to put them, have you got like a book full? Yeah, I think around for for songs that I am serious about, that I've kept, that are finished, I'd say about 150 to 200. Oh, for yes. songs I've written over my lifetime, just so many I can't count. But I have a large list. I love that. Kinda, people think it's kind of crazy, but huh? Um, I'm just chuckling. People rib me for my accent, and you talk about a large list, and you spoke a moment ago about your in your yard, and I get ribbed for that. But you're from New England, aren't you? That's <laughs> That's a... I am. I am. I'm from Maine, and I want to give a shout out to all the wicked awesome Mainas that are listening because. That's, that's our accent, actually. And um, and people in Maine are the most wonderful supporters of my music. It's incredible. So I just want to give them a shout-out. Tell them that they're wicked awesome. That's Maina with an A-H at the end, right? Maina, yeah. Maina. <laughs> and then you moved, <laughs> you moved to New York from, from Maina. From yeah. Maine. Tell us about that. You took, you took everything on a bus, didn't you? Yeah, I actually followed a Craigslist ad to be a babysitter here because I didn't have any money. So the only way I could come here was to take a babysitting position that I got through Craigslist. And I actually carried everything on the bus, including my keyboard, which was very heavy. And yeah, I just got on the bus and it was quite an adventure. And I there's this Mark Twain quote that really made me realize I need to do this. Because it says, 20 years from now, you're more likely to regret things you didn't do than the things you did do. So sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. And I thought, I don't want to be a little old lady thinking, well, I should have gone to New York. That would have been the best thing for me. I regret not doing it. I'd rather be an old lady that said, I took a trench and got on that bush and, you know, and... People in Maine, a lot of people in Maine said New York would be scary. My mom thought I'd move home the next week. People said I was going to get killed on the subway. So I was afraid to take the subway at first. Now I take the subway everywhere. It's my preferred method of traveling. But I think you have to take chances in life and just do something that makes you feel afraid and then and stretch your boundaries. I think it's really good for you. So I think that was four and a half years ago, and I'm... I'm in love with the city, and the reason I moved, I'm obsessed with Maine. It's kind of creepy. I saw somebody with a Maine sweatshirt, and I started screaming. I was so excited, and they ran away. Um, but I just, I love my state. It's so friendly. It's so wonderful. But there's not, it's not a huge ocean of fish that are trying to do music it's it's smaller and I wanted to be pushed and I did I came to New York and got my butt totally kicked musically and it's the best thing for you to say oh wow let me go to this show okay they're way better than I am I need to go home and practice and rewrite and 
just become better at my craft. It's, I felt, I didn't realize it at the time, but in Maine, I, I started getting stagnant and feeling a little bored and um, just bored musically. I mean, super happy with friends and family, but just that I needed to be pushed more musically. And I got that tenfold in New York because some of the best musicians in the world. So you're always at the, sorry, you're always at the right place at the right time in New York. Do you know what I mean? Somebody says, oh, I have an opportunity. And can you come to the studio right now? So well, you are if you're good at what you do. You are. What? If you, I said you are if you're good at what you do. Then the opportunities come your way. You tend to find yourself in the right place at the right time if you're well known and if you're good at your craft, which you are. So that's why you're Aww, probably finding things you. coming your way. But you, you, you got. So you got to New York from a on a bus with a piano on it or a keyboard. <laughs> And did you, you did you have somewhere to live at that point, or you just got off the bus and thought, right now what? I did. I moved in with the people I was nannying for, and then oh, once I got my feet on the ground, I got my own place. So. And then soon after that, you went into teaching music. Is that right? Yeah, I've taught music over the years at various places, and that's been one of the most joyful parts of my life. I I love teaching and the kids are so inspiring and sometimes I get a little bit, I feel a little bit down in the music business because it's just so much about image and money sometimes and it's just not about the right thing sometimes I feel and the kids rejuvenate my passion for music because they're so innocent and awesome and they just have so much fun singing, and that's what it's really about. It's about joy. So mm. it, it brings me back to my roots, and, and they're incredible reminders. So actually, did you want to hear a funny story about teaching? Go ahead. I bet you got plenty. <laughs> yeah, I have a great one. I was teaching some Sudanese and Somalian children, music in Maine actually and there was a little girl who she had the passion for music she's five and she had the passion that you can't teach she starts singing she closes her eyes she feels it in every cell of her being she's just a natural and that's always exciting to find and see so she would when we did when she's just singing with me she was incredible and just full body into this music mm. and we did a talent show and she started singing and she sang two lines and then she ran away and hid under a desk and she started doing this she'd, she'd start and it'd be so beautiful and then she'd just run away and I'd have to go find her oh. and just working with her she became more and more confident and actually we did a performance and I asked a few kids to hold microphones that really had great pitch and knew the material and I asked her, and she's only five, and mm. the kids range from five to 12. So she was thinking, wow, I could hold the microphone. And she did an awesome performance. She was in front of 200 people or something, and um, she's holding the mic, and she's going crazy with the music, and just everybody's watching her because she's so passionate. And then the next day, she came to me, and she she's an old soul and um, very smart. And she said, well, Rachel... I've been thinking and I realize that there's two things in life that are most important that everyone should 
focus on. And she had this little brow, you know, her brow. She's just thinking and concentrating. And she says, there are two things that everybody should focus on in life, music and candy. And I thought that was so cute. Because, yes. And I was just touched that she put me, she had so much fun at this performance the night before. She decided that music was up there in the world with the top thing in life, which is candy. Um, and I so much like her. I think everybody should focus on music and ice cream. So. <laughs> and you gave her that, she right? She, she, she wouldn't have dreamed of doing that unless you talked her into it. Is that right? You encouraged her to get uh, up I think I helped. I helped. I did help. I helped her with her confidence. Oh, that's but, um, yeah, she helped me more than I helped her. I think that's the funny thing about teaching. I went into it thinking, I'm going to help these kids so much. Yay. I, I'm so good with kids. And then I came out saying, okay, wait a second. They changed my life. And that's one of the great things about helping others. I think it was Emerson who said, you can't help somebody without helping yourself. And it works both ways. It's amazing, yeah. And I heard a story, was it you? I think, I think it was you, you told me a story once. Somebody heard the, the kids shouting out and swearing outside of their house or something, and, and somebody, it was you, shouted out the window. It was me. me. And what happened next with these kids who were shouting and swearing? It was you. Oh was my you. gosh, I totally forgot about that story. Yeah, these kids were outside on the street, and they were so young, maybe ages 5 to 10, and they're swearing, and hmm. I stuck my head out the window, and I think I said, maybe you should sing instead of swear or something, and they all looked at me, and I started singing, I don't know, Katy Perry or something, and they all joined in. And then they had their little feet on the gate in front of my house, and they were all holding the gate and just looking up at me, and we were just singing tons of pop music together, and they were so happy. So whenever I went outside, we'd sing pop songs together, but it was, it's just a teacher thing. You hear swearing, and you're like, excuse me, can you watch your language? You just do it all the time. Well, that's what um, most teachers would do, but you didn't. You went and sang to them and, and got a song out of them back, didn't you? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I mean, that's kind of my approach. I, It's hard as a teacher um, when you have a child that's acting out, but I've read that a lot of times that student just needs to feel like they have a job and feel important and everybody wants to contribute. And once you tell them that they have a skill and they have a talent and you need help with something and you give them a job, they really thrive. And that's been my experience. And every teacher has bad days where you think, am I doing everything right? Am I doing anything right? But um, there's a lot of examples, and I think in my own life that's been true, where if you have a passion, it really can help you stay on the right path and stay strong and thrive. Yeah. So, and I had special teachers that helped me, so it's nice. Good. And away from the teaching side, you're a bit of a a role model as well, aren't you? You've done YouTube videos, and you've done music videos for YouTube, and not just music though, there's, um, what, what's the messages you're giving out to, to people with your YouTube videos that you've done? Oh yeah, I, I felt inspired to do some of those videos because I noticed that a lot of girls in particular have poor self-esteem, 
online or there's a lot of haters online and just wanted to put out something positive. Um, I think growing up I felt different. And sometimes I was teased, and people said, you're so weird. And, and then when you get older, you meet weird friends, and you meet a weird boyfriend, and, you know, you, you find this group that you belong to, but it can feel really lonely. And um, one day, the phrase just came into my head, just because I'm different doesn't mean I'm broken. So I did a video around that topic, saying just because you're different than maybe your peers or all the sheep going together, mm. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. And sometimes that difference can be what propels you later. And I think there's so much peer pressure to be exactly the same as everybody else and that we should celebrate those differences. So I did a video like that. I did a video on body image because I just get really upset about the ideas of beauty that people strive towards and have because I was just thinking this this morning. It's not that impressive to be beautiful. I mean, what, you had great genetics and you were born and, it's, you know, you, you didn't do anything. And mm-hmm. real beauty, working to working to help others, sharing a passion or a skill or working really hard at a talent or teaching or being a great mother or father or things like that, being a great friend. Those are what makes people beautiful, and that's the kind of beauty that doesn't fade, and that's the kind of beauty that I feel like people should strive towards instead of putting all this time and energy and effort into a kind of beauty that is fleeting, and it isn't really that great, and even the most beautiful models don't feel like they they have that, and it's just negative, so... I mean, I did a video on that, and I try to be honest and a little vulnerable with people um, and share struggles I've had just because even though it feels a little scary to be vulnerable, if you can help somebody who's struggling, it's worth that. So try to do that. And what, what sort of response have you had to those videos from, from people that obviously aimed at? Oh, um, I think people really appreciate the honesty and the vulnerability and they they appreciate that I'm not just trying to look cool and like I have it all together yeah. because everybody feels like they aren't everything they want to be or a lot of people just relate with that message that hey I've struggled and I'm still going and um, I've shared that I've struggled with anxiety and depression at times and I think people I want to let people know that you can get better and have an amazing life and um, be positive later um, just because I know it can be really hard to feel stuck there and feel like they're not going to get to the other side. So um, I think people appreciate that I'll share things like that that are personal. And I think it does help people. And I think it's nice that on YouTube and these various media sources, you can share things like that with people and, and they can feel helped by that and... Yeah, it's been great. I've had a lot of people write to me about it, but they appreciate it because they're struggling. So. That's great because you, you've got an audience for your music and you're using that to put out positive messages as well. And if you're getting great feedback on it too, then well done. Oh, thank you. And also, I like to share that it's okay to make mistakes because I feel like people think they have to be perfect. And I can't be a perfect role model. I've made plenty of mistakes, but... There's also the also part of being a good role model is saying, hey, it's okay to make mistakes, you know, that 
because you're human and you don't have to feel awful and guilty. What you have to do is take that energy and apply it towards doing better the next time. Because everybody makes mistakes. We're human beings. So these kids and the people who've been listening to your videos, your YouTube videos, they've had input into your musical career as well, haven't they? It isn't just that they've sat and listened to your music and appreciated it. They've had input into what you're taking forward now as well, haven't they? Oh yeah, I mean this is a really cool time in the world where people on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook they contribute all the time. Um, I'm forming a new band right now, and I've been asking for names for the band, and I am really loving one that somebody sent and definitely considering it. Also, just definitely what tracks get great feedback on YouTube are ones I've put on my albums. Say the producer says, well, I really like this track, and I'll say, well, on YouTube, this one has 10,000 views and everybody's responding to it really well and they're feeling touched by it. I think we should put it on. So it totally influences my career and I love asking people's opinions and getting feedback. Uh, some of the people who have influenced things the most as far as what pictures I use or um, what names I go with for songs have been fans that I've gotten to know that I only know from YouTube and they're incredible people and really smart and mm. I like to try and support them and have it be more like a relationship instead of them just looking up to me I look up to them as well it's it's more of a relationship and if anybody twitters me their blog that they want me to check out or their writing or their music I always check it out and I want things to be like a relationship and not somebody just adulating me yeah, your YouTube videos, I've noticed, especially, is again, it's a two-way thing, isn't it? And your Twitter as well, and your Facebook. <laughs> it's a two-way thing, yeah. either way, you'll talk back to them as well, rather than just read it or not even read it, you'll, uh, you'll speak back as well, that's great. And in amongst your fans is rather a well-known one in Virginia, who also plays the piano. <laughs> and we've heard you sing Invisible before, but... Bruce oh, yes. One of my favorite songs. Bruce has had an input in your career also, hasn't he? How did that come about? He's been the most phenomenal mentor. I can't even understand that I've had the opportunity to talk with him. It's just so mind-blowing. I still kind of think it's a dream. I did not believe it was him when I first talked to him on the phone. I thought it was somebody impersonating him. <laughs> but, you know, I look up to him. He's my biggest inspiration with piano playing because he's a virtuoso on the piano and I love that he's a, such a serious, dedicated, evolving musician. That's just so rare that somebody is always evolving and is just unbelievably skilled on their instrument. I don't often, sometimes I don't want to practice my classical music or I don't want to practice the things I really need to practice on the piano, I just want to fool around or write. And I think about Bruce Hornsby's piano playing and just think, you know, look at this guy. I, I just love to have skills like that. I mean, I never will. He's insane. But um, I just really respect his career. And the fact that he still practices today as well, that's, just, that's a scary thought to me. Someone that good still practices daily. Oh, he does? I thought he practiced as much as possible already. Um, it, it's so inspiring. I, I'm inspired by his whole career, and it's just an amazing 
evolution he's had over years with different styles and improvisation and I'm just amazed at the live shows and musicality with his band and it's just amazing so yeah he's um he's also inspired me to stay true to myself and recently I've decided to put out some more acoustic jazzy less pop songs I'm working on recording right now um and it's going to be more of a a jazzy feel and it's it's going to, instead of being studio musicians and producers, it's going to be me and another musician producing and we're um, arranging the songs ourselves and it's going to be more of a band feel and it might not be the most popular and that's kind of where Bruce has helped me because this is what I want to put out and I think that I'm proud of it and mm. I, I love how he's he's always true to himself and his integrity and if he thinks something's good music and good musicianship and a, a strong song he puts it out he doesn't care if it sounds like top 40 or radio and he told me that that it's okay to, to not always write catchy pop songs you know to write what I think is good material yeah. and um, that's really something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and Bruce has had a huge hand in that so, um, I mean, I appreciate that more than anything because it can be absolutely frustrating and just depressing <laughs> thinking I have to write hits. That's not what it's about. It, it can't be about that because it's just not healthy for it to be about that. And it's it should be about music and joy and integrity. And so it, it, I really appreciate how Bruce has influenced me in that way. So he's influenced me on so many levels. Well, he calls his his biggest song was the way it is, and he calls that an, an accidental hit for exactly that reason. He says he didn't write that to be a, a catchy pop song because it isn't, but it, it just became. No, that. no, and there, there's improvisation in that and solos, and it's not your typical top forty hit anyway, um, which is inspiring as well, but. Yeah, I mean, he just writes killer tunes, insane piano lyrics, I mean, just all around, and he's always pushing the envelope, so I just really appreciate that, and the musicianship is, I think, unparalleled, so I, I'm more, these days, I just want to be a great musician, it's not about fame or success. Um, it's about being a great musician, and that feels so much better than in the past when I felt like have to do this or that or this is what's popular this is what's gonna sell that's just not me so yeah. i love that bruce helpful with that yeah not to mention he actually sang you one of your own songs didn't he you know yeah he sang a few lines of one of my songs which is one of the best moments of my life i I wish I had a tape recorder with me. <laughs> I should have had my iPhone and press record. But um, actually, what's cool is I need to talk to him, actually, because uh, the song is The Summer Touch, and he sang a few lines of it. And he's, he loves that one. And actually, that's going to be... That's the first song I'm recording with this new project. It's more jazzy, and okay. Summer Touch It's going to be... I need to ask him about... Uh, the arrangement, but it's going to be piano, upright bass, drums, and cello. 
So that's going to be the first song that's going to be out with this newer sound um, where I'm kind of veering towards jazz and more acoustic, not radio-ish. So, yeah. But then on the other hand, um, that's going to be my new vibe with this band. But on the other hand, I'm also writing super crazy dance club pop that I'm pitching to other artists that are really? famous. So now I'm going to have um, those two things going. And I, I love being involved in a lot of different areas and styles. I think it's really fun. So, um, But I want to ask Bruce first <laughs> before I put it out if he likes the arrangement. Yeah. Um, so I'll have, to, I'll have to send it to him. He's so busy, but um, I think he'll, he'll listen to it and give me some feedback, which I'm so thankful for. Well, now it's even a good time to play a summer touch that Bruce likes so much. This is from the record I'm Up To No Good. It's available on cdbaby.com. This is Rachel Griffin. You have a summer touch a trail of sunlight where you kiss You remind me of a lazy days in lemonade You have an afternoon gaze I take a nap inside your eyes You remind me of blankets in the grass And sleeping in the shade You have a starry night kiss I fall into the sky You remind me of A slow dance to a sweet song Well, I have to I have to say, without a word of a lie, every time I speak to Bruce, there's one person. We'll talk about music, obviously, but there's one person he always asks about, and that's you, because I, I've never heard him talk about anybody else's music, or like an up and coming musician, as much as he does you. And he's he, he's definitely impressed, and he's not the most easily impressed. So I know from what he said to me privately, he's he's certainly looking forward to whatever you put out. He loves it. Oh, that's the biggest honor of my life. I mean, I can't imagine. I still don't think it's the real Bruce Hornsby complimenting me. <laughs> I'm like, that's actually his twin who right. is just joking around. I mean, what an honor, you know, a, a legend seriously saying that this is a good song. I mean, it's changed my life because it's just so, it, it validates that I can do this and... There's a lot of people that aren't interested in people's compositions. They're more interested in, oh, do you have the right look or the right, uh, you know, the catchy songs. And Bruce says, hey, this is a great composition, and that mm -hmm. means more than anything. So I'm really thankful. I mean, I can't, I can't thank him enough. Yeah, and the most recent release you did, then you you, you put an EP out, didn't you? A few months ago. Yeah, I put out a six-song EP, and it's just six songs that are fully produced. And yeah, I put out a music video for "Over the Moon," the song, 
Over the Moon for You. And that was a blast. Actually, it's so funny. I'm, I'm an independent artist. So I do pretty much everything myself. Um, and to save money, in a way, we made the set all out of cardboard. An incredible set designer designed the set out of cardboard. But now it's been something that people really enjoy about the video. It was the director's idea, Nick Everhart. He had the idea to do it all out of cardboard. And it's just been a really quirky, fun thing about the video. And I'm... I love crafts, and I love making things. I didn't make the set. I made the stars. And actually, I'm sending some of the stars out from the video to fans. I love just giving away prizes and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, so we did the video, and that's been received really well. We just got a really cool review for it at theexaminer.com. So that's been great. And we're really proud of the video. And you can buy the EP on iTunes. Is that right? Oh, yes. That would be amazing. It's available on iTunes. I think it's on cdbaby.com as well. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, the video for Over the Moon for You, the title track's on YouTube. And, yeah, I think it's pretty much on all the music sites if you just put in Over the Moon for You. so. Not to mention your own website. My website was done by the West, best web designer in the world. I was going to say the West. Bad designer in the world. <laughs> Is that the best compliment you've ever gotten? You're the West Bed designer. Oh wait, you mean me? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yes, humble fellow. That's where you can hear uh, your uh, or see your video and get more on your music as well. Yeah, RachelGriffin.com. And where can people hear more of you other than that? You've got the website. You've got um, where will people find you on YouTube? YouTube.com slash Rachel Griffin Music. And then my Twitter is Twitter.com slash Rachel Griffin 22. And then my Facebook is Facebook.com slash Rachel Griffin Fans. And if you email me from my website or any other form of social media like Facebook or Twitter, if I don't answer, send it two or three times. And I know that's kind of annoying, but... <laughs> You know this about me, Cy, right? right? I I get so many emails that I I mean to write back to people, and I get busy with something, and then I don't, and then maybe two years later I'll say, thank you so much for this email, and they're thinking, wow, I sent this two years ago, but if you send it two or three times, I'll see it. So honestly, just copy and paste it and send it again, and I always write back. So if I don't write back, it means that I accidentally didn't write back. So I always write back to people. So Basically, it. what happens is, because I know this from experience with Rachel, Rachel's got a whole team of staff, so you have to go through her people is what happens. Isn't it? <laughs> right? It's a whole staff, <laughs> of, her team of lawyers and everything else she's got. Oh, she's just so inaccessible and, and difficult to track. <laughs> no, you've, you've got your Twitter, you've got your Facebook, you've got your website, you've got uh, YouTube, you've got a whole lot of uh, uh, avenues that people can find you on. And actually, poor Cy. Poor me. Why, why, I, I always bossing you around for my website and just oh, kidding. I, I thought I wasn't allowed to talk about that. The stories I could tell. Oh, <laughs> let's keep that part a secret. But aside from all of that, you've actually got, I couldn't go without mentioning the rock and roll lifestyle that you actually do lead that not many people know about. You've actually set fire to yourself, haven't you, in public at least twice. <laughs> To my oh my knowledge, gosh. at least twice. Am I right? Bye. 
You are so mean for bringing us up. Just kidding. You know I love you. Well, not really. I saved your life, as I remember. I, I do owe you my life, yes. Um, I'm the only person in the world who's probably caught on fire twice at a restaurant. Um, Fry knows these things about me that he shouldn't know. But um, Fry and I were at a restaurant, and I... I, oh, I was leaning back because I'm always a squirmy, energetic person, and I leaned my hair back into the candle on the table behind us, and everybody started smelling something yeah, weird. Yeah, stank as well, I might tell you. Can oh, burnt hair smells so bad. Oh, my gosh. Burnt hair is the worst smell, and this is a pretty, like, an okay, like a nice restaurant, and, of course, the cook's all come out because they're thinking, what is this horrible smell filling this nice restaurant with this lovely food? And somebody said, your hair is on fire or something. And then... It was Katie Holtkamp and her, her husband, Michael. Oh, so okay. They spotted it before we did. But yes, there was a flame at the back. Oh, and then you started beating my hair, patting me down to put out the candle fire. And then I was fine. And... My hair was like clay after that, where it burned. It was so weird. But I'm glad that my whole hair didn't go up in flames. That would be, yes. that would be a good like pop trick, pop star trick. But so you put me out, and and everybody in the restaurant was, ooh, what is that burnt hair smell? And I was glad for the opportunity to punch you in the back of the head several times. It <laughs> did me good too. Put put you out. Oh, man. It's Perfect rock and roll. Excuse. It's rock and roll, Rachel. What can we say? And then when I was little, my bangs, I was looking into a candle in a restaurant and my bangs singed. They caught a little fire. Oh, man. Oh, dear. So weird. I'm the only person that can claim to catch on fire twice at a restaurant, I bet. As a guest. So weird. Oh, it wasn't deliberate, then. I'm getting the sense it wasn't deliberate <laughs> after all. Okay. It was all part of the act, the cool pop star act. Maybe not so rock and roll after all. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to try it on stage anytime soon. No, no, don't, don't try. Anybody listening, please should try not to set fire to yourself and follow Rachel's example. <laughs> Let's have the music be on fire. Yes, exactly that. That was a that was a smooth transition there, Rachel. That was some nice. <laughs> I'm so cheesy. Um, nothing else I can think of, really. We've plugged everything, haven't we? We've plugged your rachelgriffin.com. We've plugged your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube, your new record. On iTunes, yeah. Please on buy iTunes. it on iTunes. That'd be so nice. Support my next record that I'm funding, which is going to be the jazzy stuff. Yes. I think that one will be Bruce approved. That's kind of Bruce's influence. Do you have it's a more time scale for jazzy that? Jazzy album. No, but we're starting recording probably in a week, so not too long. I'll keep you posted, yes, but I'm really see. excited about it. You'll need to keep me posted if you want to go on your website, Sunshine. <laughs> I'll need to know And everybody who's listening, I'm looking for a band name. So if you come up with the name for my new band, you it's, it's the more jazzy acoustic thing we're doing and if you come up with a name you can have lifetime free tickets and a signed album Firestarter. so just what Firestarter I was going to say but that was a song wasn't it not a band <laughs> Burnt Hair would be 
about burnt hair for the band name? Burnt no. Griffin. Where, where, um, where should people let you know of this on Twitter? If, if they have any uh, suggestions for a band name on Twitter. Um, yeah, through the website or Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, just let me know. Say band name suggestion, and I'll announce it in a few weeks or something. That's Rachel so. Griffin 22 on Twitter and Rachel Griffin fans on Facebook. Facebook. Is that right? Oh, and can I ask one more thing? Um, if you wouldn't mind anyone listening to share my music video Over the Moon for You on your Facebook, you can tag me or share it on your Twitter or just show your friends because since I'm an independent artist, it just helps so much. The way I've gotten over a million views on YouTube has been people just sharing the music, and I appreciate it so much. And if you want to share any project that you're working on with me, I'll definitely check it out as well. Okay. So make that. sure to put your video on yeah. the website that goes with it, the page that goes with this this little chat. I'll make sure that's there for everybody to. Uh, oh, that would be fantastic. Okay, that was Mike Tyson of the music world. It's. <laughs> Rachel Griffin, seriously, you you produce some of the the best new original music that's out there, and I, I don't think you would know it. So um, I know I appreciate it, and a lot of other people do too. So let's get it out there. You're the best, bye. Let's get people listening to it, and uh, I will talk to you sometime soon. Okay, thanks, bye. Well, now that concludes this spiffingly exciting Bruce.com podcast for this evening.